0: And welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Welcome. Okay. You asked for it and we're bringing it. Okay. Dating. I'm not dating y'all. I'm not, I'm not an expert. Well, maybe I am. I don't know. Maybe I am, but I'm not an expert, but I'm bringing on the experts because you have asked for dating advice and we've talked about it in the twenties, that that age span but we're bringing to you the 40s 30 30s 40s 50s and plus and i'm bringing on two fabulous guests oh my goodness sarah angle at tcu i met her a couple of years ago and welcome to the show oh my goodness welcome welcome and we're going to talk you. about you for sure but we're also bringing on family and marriage therapist brad nowlin welcome to the show brad Thank you. Oh my goodness! What a great pleasure to see you guys. So, okay, let me set the stage. So, I met Sarah, um, TCU. We're we're all Horned Frog fans here. Brad, and of course, you, Sarah. We're all ham- you you you're a professor at TCU, yes. and um, I met you through Roxo, and I do want you to hit on that. And I'm, I need to talk to you about having Roxo on here as well. But not that sure. be great? Yeah. But um, so, Sarah, um, the article is now. Out with Fort Worth Magazine, and the title of the article is "I just lost it: Love, Life, and Dating in the Fort." And um, I do polls from time to time on my social media, asking my followers and listeners what they want to hear and see. And it's dating. Now, my demographics are eighteen to forty-four. That is the majority women. Interesting enough. And so obviously the younger audience, I would think I would know, and I have have really helped. My daughter's helped me with that. But you are bringing out in this article, dating at a later stage in life. So tell us about the article.
1: Yeah, so um, the article when I was writing it was kind of a merge of my personal experience mm-hmm. with dating, which is a lot <laughs> for better words. And for
0: lack of better words,
1: right? Yes. I'm I'm, I'm very experienced. I've experienced in the dating world and um, you know the science of how people get together, the science of why we're attracted to certain people and then really what it's like to do modern dating today. Um, It's really difficult. It's very Mm. difficult. I think that um, as a society, we are combating these ideas that, oh, there's so many fish in the sea and you can have so many people. But then really, I think in our hearts, we want a partner. We want a long-term relationship regardless of what society says and regardless of how many like matches or likes you might have on bumble or whatever app it may be so that's what the article about it's it's kind of how to it's science it's my personal experience and then of course i have brad mm-hmm. wonderful mm-hmm. guidance and suggestions as a um, marriage and family therapist mm-hmm. to kind of help guide that conversation
0: right so you I'm, I'm not asking you to divulge your age but you are a single mother yes and um your, your, okay, your age bracket, 30, 40s, 50s. I'm 41. Okay. So oh, she said it there. Okay, y'all, you know, I'm very honest about my age, but, um, it's a 41. So you're in the 40 bracket, but I, um, so Greg and I have been married 11 years. You actually have us in your, in your, Sarah, seriously, you're such a flipping great writer. I can't Sweet. even, I read it today and didn't want to put it down. That is a sign of a great... Y'all go to the article, Fort Worth Magazine, this month in February. It's fabulous. Anyway, I digress. But it is so amazing. But I met Greg. Very, um, Greg, later in life, Greg is now 66, I believe. I'm 57. And he has had a couple of marriages. He said they weren't his fault. (laughs) But myself, I've had... But I always said I would never, ever do it again. Never, Mm -hmm. never do it again. So I'm going to turn to Brad now and ask you if you have clients that say they would never do it again.
2: Oh, yeah. Especially when people are recently divorced and going through a tough time and trying to figure out who they are and what they want. Yeah, they'll say things like, I'll never date again. Mm -mm. I'll never be in a relationship again. I'll never marry again. And, of course, those are just feelings.
0: Really? I don't think
2: think we feel the same way over time. And, of course, our feelings will shift.
0: They will shift. And you know what? I say this now. If something ever happened to my husband, I'm not doing it again. I I say it, and I've said it, and I make very strong opinions about relationships. But, you know, it says in the article, I met my husband. I was not willing to meet him. I literally got off the elevator, and I said, I met my husband. I knew it. I love that. The second I saw that man, I knew it. And that, that, is that a thing?
2: I guess. I mean, it's such a complex topic and there's so many factors that go into relationships and attraction. And I'm sure, you know, maybe there's a subconscious part of you that just knew this guy was the right one.
0: I just didn't want to meet him. Brad, I just, I, I mean, it's interesting because he always said, I believe in marriage. He had a great family. I mean, his parents were just the role model as my parents. And, but I, would, I asked him, I said, you know, after, after three, wouldn't you say, no, I'm out because I have? And he said, no, I believe in marriage. I believe that there's someone out there for me. And reading your
1: article, I mean, Sarah, You believe there's someone out there for you, right? Oh, absolutely. You do? Absolutely. I mean, I was married for 11 years um, to my daughter's father, and he's a great person. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a great person. He's a great, great dad. He was not the right person for me. Right. Um, And, but we we were together from 18 to 35. We were high school sweethearts, and I didn't know anything (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know anything about myself. I didn't know anything about relationships. I didn't know anything about love when we got together and we got married, we were 24. So we dated for a significant period of time, but I didn't have the opportunity to explore and grow and mature in the ways to understand myself, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I tell my college students at TCU this, and of course they don't listen to me, but I say, (laughs) To the, to the girls, I'm like, don't get married until you're 30. Right. Don't get married until you're 30 because you need to know yourself. And it takes a while, you know, to mm-hmm. to really know who you are and know what you want. And the things that I want now in a partner are so dramatically different than they were when I got divorced when I was 35. Because mm-hmm. I have figured it out. I've dated. I've been in serious relationships. And I'm like, this is what matters. Mm-hmm. Now this is what matters. And Boy, so I gravitate toward those things.
0: It's amazing how twenties, thirties, forties, fifties. This week actually, I defined a friendship. I mean, it was like it was a light bulb for me. You know what I mean? Like I just changed my whole ideology of friendship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just interesting. That's a different podcast, but it's just interesting because I was thinking about you guys and and relationships, how Greg and I in our twenties we might, we wouldn't have made it. You know, he was at a different phase of his life, but do you see that Brad?
2: I think so. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to meet Grace and a second marriage for both of us. And, you know, we were different people and, um, you know, she just makes me want to be a better person. And, um, she's an artist and a gardener and, I jokingly say that I get paid to brag about my wife you and how do. wonderful she is. And <laughs> we do a talk. I think one of the ones we first developed together, and she's been so helpful in me building my practice, is called 10 Ways to Build Your Relationship Up to a 10 with Grace. Uh, and and of course, you know, I have the letters after my name, LMFT, mm-hmm. MBA. No one cares. They all pay attention to Grace. She's credible when she talks about relationships.
0: But you know what? When I met you this evening for the first time, you immediately, I could tell how much you love Grace. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're just, that's what everyone wants. Every woman wants what you're doing right now. You're gushing over (laughs) Grace, and it's so fabulous, and I'm so happy for you. So you're giving that message to your clients.
2: In some ways, I you know I think there's we have to be careful with self-disclosure in our field, and you know really it's about advancing our clients' welfare. But um, you know I'll I will you know share that I'm very happy with Grace. I have our artwork up in my office, and we've just celebrated 19 years of uh,
0: 19
2: really Congratulations. the best best 19 years of our lives, and so we feel very fortunate and lucky and blessed.
0: So let me ask you guys. So um, my my first husband not a good person. I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. And uh, a okay. second husband, wonderful, wonderful man, wonderful father, wonderful human. And we just were at a different place in time. I have a beautiful daughter. We are so blessed to have her. It was timing. So do you believe that Brad, do you think it's timing with, or do you just maturity or
2: is it? I think there's, there's so many factors. I don't, you know, there's, it's complex, and that's what makes my job interesting mm-hmm. in, in many ways. Because I I can remain curious and open about all the intricacies and nuances and aspects of people and relationships and how complicated they are, and and that keeps me engaged mm-hmm. because I don't know I don't know a lot, and I get to keep learning. And I think that's one of the the rewarding parts of of getting to know people and see them get better and see them click and see good things happen a lot of the times. Or you know. Life happens.
0: Do you ever tell um, clients to say goodbye to each other?
2: I tell people sometimes that you can love someone, but maybe not be a good fit.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. And we, um, I've had that before. I mean, just saying, you might want to say goodbye to each other. And that and that's, that's hard words. That is, that's tough
1: words, right? I think, I, I think that's very, very true. And, you know, I was having this text conversation with, um, Some female professor friends at TCU today. And we were wondering, you know, can you have what we call this like big, incredible love story with a man who is also a good partner? And we have felt like over time that sometimes you're, you have to pick one. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, okay, I can have a good partner, which, you know, everyone defines that in a different way, or I can have this beautiful, crazy love. You know, um, and I think it is hard to find, and Brad definitely has for sure, as he's talking about Grace. Um, and so have you mm-hmm. that person who is both things, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're this, you know, you're crazy in love with them, also a good partner. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the the secret sauce that people want. And how do you like where is that? How do you find that? And it's it's some type of magic. Um that I think we're all kind of looking for that we're out in the single dating world. Absolutely. So what
0: is going on with dating, Sarah? So Mm -hmm. tell us, um, in your article, you talk about dating and, um, obviously in our, in our hometown here, but what is going on? I know my daughter, I have friends that are, that have apps and Greg and I met through a search company, Mm -hmm. selective search. And, um, it was great for us. It was great. And, um, but I was doing Match at the time. Yeah. Farmersonly.com. <laughs> <laughs> What's the other one? Was it uh, eHarmony, all those? I, I did all, I was like a serial, you know, at, at one yeah. time because I was a date, but I'm like, I'm not going to get married again. I'm just going to have fun. However, met a lot of fabulous men on these dating apps. I really did. I really did. No
1: one I really wanted to marry, but they were great people, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you touched on something right here um, that's really interesting, and that's chemistry. You know, we can meet a lot of great people that we think are wonderful humans, that we respect, mm-hmm. um, that we think hey, that's an attractive person. Right. You know, but that doesn't necessarily lead to having chemistry with somebody. And that is something that is I feel like undefinable. Right. So the problem challenge, I would say, in modern dating is we are, I don't want to use the word forced, but I think as a single woman, you feel like you have to get on the apps. You have to get on Bumble. You have to get on Hinge. You have to get on whatever. There's so many um, in order to find somebody, but you cannot discern chemistry from a phone screen. Mm -mm. You know, you can't. And so you have to go through these qualifiers and look through the qualifiers. Okay. What is this? What is that? Um, but when it comes down to it, I think you have to meet with someone face to face to figure it out. And that takes a lot of work. And that's why I think modern dating is so difficult. It's time consuming. It takes a lot of work and it's scary. It is scary. Then there's that. Yes. It is like, ooh.
2: Yeah, you're putting yourself out there, and it's awkward and uncomfortable, and you got to be vulnerable. And yet, you know, through that experience, better things can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a quote I like. I think it's Susan David who says, "Discomfort is the price of admission. We pl- we pay for a meaningful life." Wow, that's great. And you know, it's, it's like oh. I don't want to date. You know, I tell you know some of my clients are. Wanting to get back in the game, that yeah, they don't want to date, and I'm thinking, well, what what happens if you're in the stands versus on the field? Mm-hmm. Are good things going to happen when you're engaged with life? Are good things going to happen when you're being a spectator in life?
1: I put that quote in the story, Brad. You I did. love. Oh, I love that quote. And I think I've thought about that since we had the conversation. And when I feel that awkward sense of fear, like I don't want to do this, I just want to stay home in my pajamas. I think, all right, nope, like lean into the discomfort, Mm -hmm. lean in, because if you don't lean into that discomfort, Mm -hmm. you're not going to have the opportunity to really find the level of happiness and love and connection that I definitely want. And I really think that so many of us like really, really want so, but yeah, it's lean in. Lean in, yeah. And that's a lot of things in our
0: life, you know, um, going into this, this, this world I'm in, you and I've had this conversation before, you know, lean in because 56, now 57 doing this, it's tough because it's, 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 you know, what you're seeing on social media. You're not, I mean, I don't know. We were talking earlier about this, Brad and I just, it's just, you have to lean in. I can't even imagine, but mm. dating It does take work. It takes work to get up and get dressed every day and look, I mean, look, look like a human for sure. I mean, especially. And then dating during the pandemic.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I, so we did the photo shoot for, um. The fourth magazine story at the Amber Room, which uh-huh. I talk a lot, a lot about in the story, you Wishbone did. and Flint <laughs> and the Amber Room. I mean, they. I should. I am not paid by them. I should be. Wishbone and Flint. Um, um, yes. Yeah. All the makings of a great love story. I think is what I said. And uh, I really, I really go there all the time. It's fantastic. Love the food. Happy hour from four to six is incredible. <laughs> Shout out Happy Hour. I mean, really. Pinot, I'm contacted by the four dollars. <laughs> it's so good. So we did the we did the photo shoot the Amber Room and. I tell you what, the amount of time that I spent preparing for that photo shoot for me, I went and got my hair done that morning. Mm-hmm. I went and picked out a new outfit. I did. I mean, so long on the makeup, and you know, that type of preparatory work is what we're doing in the dating scene, you know, because you want to present the best version of yourself or try to, um, and that takes a lot of time and a lot of work. It takes confidence. It takes getting over that hump, that fear. So you know, but um I do often take dates to Wishbone and Flint because I know it's like a safe space for me. Yeah. I will, of course, never go there after this, but you know, it's, it, it is. Yeah. It's a safe space. It's your like space. It. It's your territory. <laughs> former, former space. Oh No, no I'm joking. I'm joking. I'll, I'll never stop going there. Uh Well, you know
0: what? Let me ask you a question. What if you I've seen this a few on a few memes. What if you just went on a date, like you just no makeup and sweats? What would a man or woman say to that, Brad? You know,
2: I think it depends on everybody, and you know, everybody's different in terms of what they're looking for, and. It seems like the dating game is such a, a dance of putting your best foot forward and then getting a little more comfortable and sharing a little bit more of yourself and then mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of peek into authenticity and what's really going on mm-hmm. in there. And I think that's, you know, where, where the connection is made when we when we can be ourselves mm-hmm. with someone else.
0: Right. Right. But, you know, if, if we were talking earlier, Sarah, chemistry is everything. I mean you can walk in and it's just like with my husband I just walked around the corner and went oh dear <laughs> here we go I'm gonna eat my words you know I mean yeah. but it's true it's absolutely true so what are you seeing with your students versus your your age bracket I mean I mean the dating apps are it's it's, it's something you know and, and, and yeah. I've talked to my daughter about this because she, I'm like if you talked to him
1: like had a Live conversation, but no, right? Is that true with your? Well, so I feel like that. So when I was in college, of course, there's no dating apps. No. Um, And that wasn't even a thing. So we would meet people organically uh, and you were surrounded by, as they are at TCU, a whole bunch of people in your same age range. You know, mm-hmm. you're, it's like a pool of potential mates that you're right. surrounded by, which is great. Um, I think that dating apps have change the way that we interact and change the way that we try to find a partner and a mate, even for college age students, because although they're surrounded by all these people that are their same age, I think that we are conditioned to be like, Oh no, I, I, you know, I'm on Bumble or I'm on Hinge or I'm on Tinder or whatever (laughs) it is for, for women that I'm friends with and men that I'm friends with that are single. Um, we've had this conversation before and I would never go up to a guy in Whole Foods, which is my dream, to find a guy in Whole Foods, like the lotions and potions <laughs> Yeah, with lotions and potions, smelling <laughs> patchouli. Oh, do you like this patchouli? Oh, I love this patchouli. You He know, has my dream. Uh, but I would never go up to anybody because I'm so afraid that they're married. What if they don't have their ring on? Have a girlfriend, engage, like all these other things. And I would just feel, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't, you know, I'd, I... Would, of course. You know, and so um, I think that culturally at least in the United States that we have shifted away from that. I don't know if that's a good, I don't think it's a good thing, but I just think that's the way it is hmm. now. Is it really? I think so. Yeah. I mean, the girlfriends that I have that are single, they have, I would say 75% of them, if they have a boyfriend or they're dating someone, they met them online. Really? I mean, I'm trying to think of, People that I know now that are in a relationship, not married, but in a relationship dating that didn't meet someone online. And I don't, I can't think of any. I know there are some.
2: Grace and I met online. Did you really? But it was back in 2000 and it was on, I think, kiss.com, which I think was bought by Match. And at the time it was scary. I think we were afraid to tell our parents that we met online. (laughs) It's almost like using a credit card online back then. It was really (laughs) scary and dangerous. Yes. But we met at a Borders bookstore on a Sunday night, which was pretty safe, you know, mm-hmm. six o'clock, have some coffee, get to know each other. If it's good, you know, we went on and had dinner at Hula Hands. But um, wow, if it wasn't good, you know, it was nice to meet you and move on, move on.
1: Yeah. Isn't that something? I, I like what Brad said. And I think this is still holds true about the coffee date, you know, yeah. and I think like we have this coffee date first. A lot of people do to just. Just try it out. Just try it on. See how, like, see how it is. And then if it goes well, you go on to have dinner. So Brad, I want to know this because I love your love story with Grace. Um, How did you know from the coffee date that you wanted to go to dinner?
2: I found her really interesting. I liked the way she used her hands when she was talking and just kind of a a compelling character. And then as we were talking about... um, where we went to church, she said, um, her brother went to my church and it was a big mega church and she goes, you probably don't know him and I said, what's his name? And I said, you I know do him. know him. I knew him from a late night men's group. So it gave wow. me perhaps a hint of her character that he's a really good guy and maybe she might be a mm. good person.
0: Isn't that I asked my husband, so when I, we were talking about, I was in Austin, he was in Fort Worth and and well, I'm not doing another long distance relationship. Cause I had one for four years. And, um, he said, we'll come to Fort Worth. I, I said, I'm actually coming to Fort Worth cause I was doing, I uh, working with a nonprofit at the time. <laughs> and, um, I said, let's just have coffee. He goes, I'm not having coffee with anyone. I'm having wine, <laughs> and some cheese. And my husband is, is just—I was like, I'm not having coffee. I'm just arriving, going to dinner. I went, okay, and that's him. You know that—that that is one thousand percent. Because I was trying to do the face, the safe thing, right? You know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. you go have coffee, and like, he goes, no, he's picking me up at
1: <laughs> the <laughs> hotel. Well, stay there's
0: something awesome
1: about that too, because it's so bold, yes, and assertive, and and he's kind of going for it. You know? Well, look at Brad mean, shaking his head. I mean, that's I mean that's kind of boldness sort of and I respect that. I like that. I think I like that also because that means that he is already invested. Yes. You and know of course
0: what? he would be. I mean, well, well, go well, go. well, you know what's so funny is um I didn't know anything. I mean the the search firm that really didn't tell me a lot. I knew his first name. I did not know his last name. I didn't know and I didn't really care to know, but um they kept helping <laughs> me to meet him. And I'm like, I need a picture. there. Like, we don't give pictures of clients. I went really? Okay. I'm out. So they sent a picture and um, Greg, I, I was, I was just out. I was not going to do it, but he was so determined. And when he called me on the initial call, he said, my name is Greg Blackman. You know me, right? And I went, I don't. And he gave me his company name and I'm like, I still don't know you. And he was so intrigued that I didn't know who he was. I'm not, I mean, I'm not from, I went to DC, but I'm not from Fort Worth. So he said, I got off off my lazy boy and had to bring my A game on the phone. And so, you know, honestly, so I think that gave him more for me. I'm like, I don't care who you are. I just, yeah. I mean, and then, and it was back and forth. So it was a common, and like you said, I mean, he was just bold. And I went, okay, I think I like this, but, mm-hmm. and I married him mm-hmm. a year later. <laughs> so, so anyway, it's, it is, it is, it's, it's that I think that you can meet people and talk to them on the phone. You met Grayson in, in, in public and you, you know, you knew the, the characteristics and you saw what she had. And I just heard a strong voice. And that was,
1: that intrigued me. So, yeah. You know, so I interviewed, um, my good friend and she's a TCU professor, uh, Dr. Sarah Hill. She's an (laughs) evolutionary psychologist at TCU. Um, brilliant, beautiful, wonderful person. And so we talked a lot about chemistry and attraction and something that I've thought about a long time. And, uh, Sarah and I talked about was you can't change who you're attracted to for the most part. Like we're attracted to certain, like some people, this is not me, but some people like men with brown hair or whatever. You know, some people like tall, some people like short, whatever it is. And that, those types of attributes um, are kind of fixed in us. Now, I would say that, Maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad because it helps you know yourself. But I think it kind of accepting it because I'm often thought, man, I'm limiting my dating pool. You know, I, I should try this or I should try this. And, and Sarah's like, no, 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 you, you're attracted to who you're attracted to. And that's just kind of how it is. So mm-hmm. just be happy with it. Accept it. Brad, do you see in some of your
0: clients that you lose the attraction? You lose the chemistry?
2: Oh, yeah. I think it, there is that infatuation at the start of any relationship. And that's the, the fun, challenging part is how do you cultivate it and keep, keep it going and keep it fresh and interesting and try new things and ways to, to keep the relationship flourishing? Um, I have a quote that I got from one of my clients in Kansas City that I think speaks to where we are. It's, um, I love my life with you. And being able to think in those terms where you have that really incredible love that deepens in different ways. It some ways it turns to more companionate love as you get older and you you pick up different aspects than the pure chemistry mm-hmm. at first, but it still stays there. You know, there's a it, it's it's kind of funny when I see couples that have been married for, you know, fifty, sixty years. I sometimes see couples in their 80s, and they're hot for each other. And I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't really want to think about it.
0: But, <laughs> but I, it's, yeah. I support but it's, it. But it's,
2: but it's in some ways, it's, it's sweet.
0: You know, Dr. Holbrook, Celeste Holbrook, it's in your article as well, um, with Velvet Box. She she talks about that as well as in as, the aging process. What sex is for some people in that age, it may be holding hands, walking, or whatever, however you define it. And I love that. I really did love that. I do love that because... Um, I, you know, I'm in menopause and I've talked about this all the time. It is difficult. Sex is difficult at a certain age and um, I'm still young, but she talks about how attraction, you're still attracted, but you take it in different ways. So I love, 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 love hearing that, you know, because what you just said, Brad, I mean, you still see people in their seventies, and eighties and they're not, I mean, we're still alive. They love yeah. each other.
2: And I don't want to you know, imply that it doesn't take work because on that 10 ways to take your relationship up to a 10, Grace added rule number 11. We really want it and we really work at it. Yes. So you have to be intentional about, you know, giving to the relationship and making time for it and, you know, enjoying each other. Uh, You know, we think about all the metrics of apps and so forth. And I was thinking it'd be so cool. And maybe somebody's working on it to have an app, or some clothing that keeps track of the number of laughs you have every day. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I hear couples when I ask how they meet, oftentimes it's, well, he made me laugh. He yes. had a great sense of humor, you know, and that just draws people in. And, you know, when you're laughing a lot, it's a pretty good life.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, <laughs> I love hearing that because, you know, what you said, and, and I and I need you to, to, to share this, relationships are a lot of work. I mean, any relationship is a lot of work. I mean, mother, father, um, spouse—it's work. You have to. Am I wrong, or am I? Am I think I... you
2: have to put time and energy, Correct. and to be intentional about yes. anything you want to see be successful.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I—I um, I have spent so much time and energy on my business in the last three years. I looked up—I had COVID a few weeks ago, and I had some time in quarantine by myself in Mexico. I was in Mexico, and. Um, I had some time to really rethink and think, you know what? I haven't gone to lunch that much with my husband. And he, that, that's his love language. You know, so making sure I'm checking the box, getting that 10 out of my relationship, am I doing my job? And I always say, my mother used to say, are you watering your plants at home? And I'm, she's not just talking about plants. I mean, are you taking care of your plants? And I mean, that was my mother's way of saying that you take care of
2: relationships. Right. And, and I could see you being very bold and saying, we're going to dinner. Just like he told you that. We're going to dinner, right? You take him out that way, don't you?
0: Yes, exactly. He was so shocked. I think it was a Monday and... Mondays are crazy, you know, Mondays are crazy, but that's his love language. And I, I, I really tear up because that is his love language. And I've not done a good, I've not done a good job. And it's time to do a good job because we're in the time of our life. We have met each other. You know, you meet the love of your life. You've met your, your grace. I've met my Greg and you're going to find someone. And I mean, you're not
1: going to find someone. They're just going to end up there. It happens. Well, I believe it. I'll take it. I, I mean, I, I love what you said about love languages because, um, I think knowing your love languages mm-hmm. is so important to success. And I don't think that you have to have the same love languages as your partner. Just my personal idea on that. But I think knowing those and how to show love is really important. Like I wish I'd read that book, The Five Love Languages, when I was twenty-five. Right. I wish I, I didn't read it. I think until I was divorced. Yeah, or about to get divorced, right. you know. When it was a little bit too late to really do that investing, and I really wish I had because I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes, mm-hmm. yes." I yeah. think it's really so. My, um, I bet Greg is quality time. But if he wants to go to lunch with you, mm-hmm. that's mine. Mm-hmm. Quality time, yeah, quality time, one thousand percent. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do a
0: better. <laughs> job. I am gonna do a better job, but you know, and it, we, it, 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 it's. You just, you get lost in the minutia of life.
2: And and yet, you know, you're talking about something excellent there, Sarah, is this idea of loving others the way they want to be loved, not necessarily the way you want to love them. And I think that's one of the great things about relationships in terms of they force us to grow, to get outside of ourselves and understand their perspective and what ticks with them and what resonates with them and to continue to stay curious and interested. Because, you know, focusing on your love languages takes me outside of myself,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: which is a good thing.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know what? In aging, you really do. I I mean, gosh, I'll look back at my life. I mean, I just think I cringe. We're selfish humans. We are selfish. And and now you know, trying not to be so selfish, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, my love language, my husband gets up every day and he's retired, but he's like, you got this baby, you got this. I'm like, I quit, I'm going to quit, I'm not going to do this. He's like, you've got this baby. And that is my love language, the, the cheerleader that he is. And that's what I hope for everyone. So, so pretty- tell me why and how this, with Fort Worth Magazine, this fabulous article that you wrote, tell me how it came to fruition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because you have Brad, you have Dr. Holbrook, you have myself, Dr. Hill.
1: Yeah. So um, actually one of my great friends, Jocelyn Tatum, um, she used to write for Fort Worth Magazine. They just launched a new magazine that she's now managing editor of called One to Know. It's Female Empowerment. Give them a shout out. Oh, wow. Um, Okay. It's really cool. I've written for them as well. Um, But Brian Kendall, the executive editor of Fort Worth Magazine, um, was talking to Jocelyn and He's like, man, I really need someone to write this story uh, for our February issue on love and dating. And she's like, oh my gosh, Mm-mm. Sarah, she could write it in her sleep. And Joss is so sweet. Talk about cheerleader. She's a beautiful cheerleader for me. So um, Brian and I got connected and he's like, do you want to do it? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I want to do it. Because mm. I've written a lot of stuff around these issues um, in the past for different magazines. So... That's what happened. Him and I met up, um, kind of had a brainstorm session of how I wanted to lay it out, outline the different pieces of it. And I wanted to make it part personal essay because I think, um, you know, we've been talking about vulnerability here a little bit. And I think as a writer, um, when you are vulnerable with your readers, then they trust you more. Mm -hmm. And um, you weave that story in with facts data points and beautiful quotes from people like y'all and information. And, um, it really, it comes to a really heartwarming piece that hopefully is also inspiring at the end. Sarah, I made, mean, I asked her, I asked, I asked
0: you, can you share it with me? And of course I wouldn't, but, um, obviously before this recording and, I I just, I love you so much. Now, I just couldn't put it down. I was like, oh my gosh, I was texting her when I was reading it. I couldn't even put it down. It's so amazing. And I know there's a need because at 50 something, my husband in his 60s, there's single people in my life. And I'm wondering if you guys go through this. I'll ask my husband, so should we fix up so-and-so and so and so and he won't do it. He said, I don't want the responsibility. So there's that of not wanting to connect people because you feel responsible if they don't like each other, why they don't like me. So is that's a thing though, right? Yeah.
2: I guess. You remember when I was younger, I used to really enjoy setting people up. I took great pride in when couples would get married and I've (laughs) I've hit a couple of home runs with some fabulous people (laughs) that are still married. I guess in a lot of it's luck or serendipity, but uh, it's fun to set people up, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. I, I wish I could do it in my my day job, but not really.
0: <laughs> but you know what? My husband, he said he was people would set him up, and I asked him why. There's there's so many people in Fort Worth, and he, I was in Austin, and he's like, I I didn't want the responsibility of my friends not liking who they thought was perfect for me. And so, you know, that, and, and, and I and I get it. I certainly get it. Because I remember going out with a guy one time and I'm like, why doesn't he like me? I mean, you know what I mean? I so that's my girlfriend's I'm like, what's wrong with me? You know, so they felt the pressure. But are people setting you up, Sarah?
1: I, I will say that I love to set people up personally um, because I feel like I want to do for other people what I feel like, like doing to others as you would have done unto you kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. And um, if I see someone who really, um, you know, is at a point in their life and they want to be in a relationship and I know someone that I think might work for them. I mean, I have, I have set people up before and I will continue to do that not as successfully as Brad has. I think <laughs> Brad has so much more wisdom than
2: I do. That was before I was a therapist.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> BT. <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, I mean, you know, when we look at, um, you know, the research on how people meet and get into a relationship, romantic relationships, you know, the three main areas are online dating. Um, and then friends set set up from usual friends and then meeting in like a different place like my dream whole foods lotions and potions aisle you know those are the three main ways that people get together um i think that the first one online dating is taking over but you know i think when people set someone else up, they already have some common ground to work from. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you're a friend of friend and maybe we're in the same church or, oh, we play soccer together or like whatever that is. And there's already that commonality there. And there's some trust there. I mean, women, especially, I think have to be very careful in the online dating space and protect yourself because you don't know who is going to be on the other side of that coffee table on that coffee date. So I think we do have to be a little thoughtful. I've mm-hmm. been no, no one, I not really, people don't really set me up on dates, not really. Talking about protecting yourself, so protecting
0: your heart. So what do you say to those, <laughs> what's the question here? What do you say to those that have have been hurt but won't put their self out there again?
2: I see a lot of, you know, people, I work about half with couples and half individuals and Many times I'm working with people who have been divorced or have lost a spouse and it's hard to help them kind of turn it around, to be resilient, to be able to think about their strengths and how they would really be helping someone if they're in a high-quality relationship. Mm -hmm. To think not just in terms of the benefit to you, but to think about the benefit to them. If you've got these strengths and you're a good catch, that you'll be helping someone else out there you haven't met them yet but it'll be great when you get together with them
1: Mm -hmm. i love that that's a beautiful way to frame it that is great it is yeah it is because
0: i you know i would be afraid i think you know what i mean my heart because i hold it just i know my personality if you know i i I do
1: think that but you know um speaking of fear i so i've read this book attached it's about attachment styles. It was a game changer. Really? Yeah. It was Attached. Cool. I'm sure that Brad knows mm-hmm. all about it. Um, do you want to just... I think attachment style is so important. I was talking to a girlfriend of mine about it a couple of days ago. When it comes to understanding yourself and understanding your partner. And I had never even heard of the word attachment style until two years ago. Attachment style. Mm-hmm. Help
2: essentially, me. Essentially, it's, it's a way that we can... Um, Segment people based on whether they grew up with a secure attachment or an avoidant attachment or anxious attachment. And to kind of look at those early years of our life, the theory is if our mom was there and we didn't have a lot of trauma or drama, then ostensibly we grow up with a secure attachment style. But not everyone does. So you have people who grew up, maybe mom wasn't there all the time or they experienced something that caused them to be more anxious or avoidant. And then you think about as adults, we in theory show those styles in terms of how we operate.
0: Wow. You grew up with a very secure mother and father. I did. Married many, many years, happily married.
1: 50 years F- Fifty years. Year. Yeah. yeah. 50 years this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was your role model. It was. um And I thought that was going to be my life Mm -hmm. because that's what I saw. Of course. Right. And, um, it's been, you know, every day I still see them together and I love it Mm -hmm. and I love it. And I tell my daughter, Amelia, I'm like, baby, this is a beautiful example of love and partnership. Grandmama and poppy, this is beautiful, Mm -hmm. you know? And, And so I want her to see that as an example of possibility of what can be. And so, you know, I was talking to Brad for the story and he told me that, and tell me if I get this wrong, um, only 5% of couples make it to being married 50 years. 5%. I mean, I was blown. I told my parents that. They couldn't believe it.
2: That's not shocking to me. Do you know the main reason, Tiffany? How? What? What's the main reason in your opinion? Why it's not higher?
0: I don't know.
2: Male mortality. We don't live that long.
0: Oh, God. I was surprised <laughs> when you said that. I thought it was gonna be like I know, I'm now I'm divorced divorce, searching for divorce. Yeah. abuse. Male mortality.
1: Really? Mm. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Remember, I mean, so you know, so we celebrate my parents' um fiftieth wedding anniversary in November mm-hmm. and I write about them a lot in the story too. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm in the presence of five percent who who made this and it's really, really five percent. Cool. It's really, really, yeah, it's really a special, beautiful thing. And my grandparents, they were married for, I think, 65 years. Happily married. They had their problems. I mean, as we all do. Yeah. But they were, yeah, they were married for yeah. my, my dad's parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: My parents were together. My mother died very, very young. Very young. Sorry. Very young. And and my dad quickly remarried. And, um, you know, I was going to ask you, Brad, do men remarry More so than women, quickly. I
2: think I think the data shows that men remarry sooner and more often than women do. But I think that historically, women sometimes just dropped out and didn't Mm -hmm. remarry. But I think that's not the case as much anymore. Right. Um, I'll give a shout out to my parents. Uh, Had great uh, parents, but then my dad passed away at 57, and it was a really tough time for my mom and my brothers. And she met a guy who. Lost his wife as well. Mm-hmm. I think they were set up at the National Conference of Christians and Jews dinner, oh. and, which is now I think the Multicultural Alliance. Wow. And oh. uh, they they fell in love. And my mom was in her fifties, and she's like, "I don't want you talking about us to to her girl to his girls." And it's like, "Wow, she's in love again." You know, it's like she really had this. Strong emotion, and they've been married, I think, twenty-seven years now, and they have a terrific marriage.
0: Wow. And you're, and the the children supported.
2: Yeah, it? oh wow. yeah, yeah.
0: That's young, fifty-seven. That's my age. Mm. That's That's inter- interesting.
2: So love um, can happen at, at many mm-hmm. different ages, and I'll sometimes tell that story to people I'm working with who've, who've lost a spouse. Yeah. Just to know that, I don't know. There's a quote our minister in Ken- Kansas City used to say. The worst thing is never the last thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I love that. The worst thing. That, that's true. I, I, wow. That's powerful. Um, my dad is, um, he's, I mean, such a fabulous man, but he's met a woman, love her. And, you know, he's just, he's always, I love your mom so much. I just love your mom. My mom's been married, I mean, deceased about 12 years, but love your mom but Patty's just so special. She's just so special. And we just love, love, love heart. You know what I mean? Like, you know, but there's a little guilt, I think there's, you know, like, but it's not mom. She's not coming back. So, so interesting. So, I,
1: I think it's beautiful that um, I love seeing people remarry for whatever reason, divorce, you know, um, their partner dies. And I think it's beautiful to see them remarry, mm-hmm. find happiness. And I remember talking to my dad about this when I was in my early 20s. And I said, dad, I used to think you could only be in love with one person in life when I was in my 20s. I thought that. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, there's one person for you and that's it. And I talked to my dad and all his wonderful wisdom. He's like, no. He's like, look at the people whose spouses have died and they get remarried. Don't you think they love their their new husband or wife? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, of course you can love more than one person. That's amazing. Yeah. And look at his life. I know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we have this wonderful article that's out in February with Fort Worth Magazine and featuring so many your friends and and people in your life and 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 Brad and all his wisdom and um, you talk about dating in Fort Worth and dating everywhere, how to dress in your thirties, forties, fifties, and and it's all there. And you have done a beautiful job, Sarah. Thank so you. proud of you.
1: Well, I will. You talk to us about dating and how to dress for date success. Yes. And 30s, 40s, 50s. And I, let me tell you, (laughs) I applied that to the 40s to my closet. Oh, you did? I did. And I showed my, one of my good girlfriends, she's in her 40s, the article, and she just skipped right to the end. Oh, I love this part that Tiffany wrote (laughs) about the... (laughs) God about <laughs> how to
0: dress and what to wear, you know, and just like, Oh, oh. this is so good. Well, you know, what you don't want to do is when you're my age and, and and your age as well, dress like you're twenty. That's that's just not I I don't know if it'll make you feel good. Maybe it will make you feel good. Do whatever makes you feel good. So well, thank you both so much for being here today and spending this time with me and and absolutely. giving your wisdom and your knowledge. Thank you. I, I
2: love your energy. I love your passion for what you do. It's a, you. an honor being on this show and you've done over a hundred podcasts. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty yes. big deal and a lot yeah. of thank you. great positive energy. I, I think that this is a great topic and I really want people to have hope.
0: Yes, absolutely. And they can come see you. Um, you are your Fort Worth FW counselor is how we can find you on Instagram.
1: And your website
2: bradnowlin.com
1: that's it absolutely Sarah how can we find you Brad is amazing I want to give him amazing Um, so uh, my Instagram handle is at prof Sarah Angle and that's P-R-O-F Sarah Angle and Sarah with an H A-N-G-L-E and then my website is sarahangle.com and you have better oh yes
0: oh my gosh oh my gosh you got to talk about that real fast better box
1: so I launched a business this past summer called better box Um, It is designed to help improve mental health. And it is a box of evidence-informed products, really fun stuff um, that you can give to employees. You can give to yourself, you can give to friends. Um, You can do as corporate gifts. I think that's really important to show employees how much you care, show clients how much you care. And it's like a, it's a happiness box and it inspires happiness, hope. Um, It's got a gratitude journal in there, a lavender candle. And little inspiration cards that I design that you can give away. Um, yourbetterbox.org is the website. Uh, yeah, order, message me. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. And I love the social impact that you're making because that's kind of my mantra.
0: Thank of course, you. absolutely. So, thank you guys, everyone. Go and read this article from Sarah and talk. When you're definitely Brad, you've just been so much wisdom. I have to come see you. My gosh, everyone go see Brad. Yes, absolutely. And um, everyone, please read the article and let us know what you think, everyone. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Follow me at Tiffany C. Blackman. And uh, hey, go in then, rate and review for Apple and Spotify. We're trying to get up in that podcast world. And everyone, have a wonderful day. Let us know if you're dating or not. Maybe you know someone. And everyone, keep being fabulous.